0: What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, you know what's up. We are talking hardcore. Please support the podcast by subscribing to it wherever you listen to it. Also, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please take the time to like it, rate it, and review it. I do not know why it matters, but it does, so it matters to me also. Thank you for the people that have done that previously. Also, you can go to the website, 185milesouth.com. There is a playlist for every episode. So, check that out. You can listen to the music that we talk about. Also, all our links are on there for our social media. And while you're there, smash that Patreon button. The Patreons are the people that keep this podcast alive. But let's get on with the show.
1: 185 Miles South A Hardcore Punk Rock Podcast
0: In this corner, the challenger Fighting out of the hard corner From Seattle, Washington, it's the Axeman of the band Change. It is the mighty, mighty, posi, positive Christopher, Chris! And his opponent, fighting out of the core corner. From parts unknown, weight unknown. Reason he didn't pick minor threat in the straight edge Super 7, unknown. It is the reigning... Defending undisputed 185 miles South Trivia Champion of the World, Daniel, these questions are too easy, SANT! Alright, it is the first rematch. What's up? We're going to send the first question to Pauzy Chris. Pauzy Chris, true or false, on the cover of the Minor Threat Filler 7-inch, the dude depicted on the front cover is wearing Converse. Uh, true. We go to Daniel for the possible steal. Daniel, true or false? On the cover of the minor threat filler 7-inch, the dude depicted on the front cover is wearing Converse. False. He's wearing boots. A point to the champ. And Chris, <laughs> that's a mind fuck question.
2: I know. Because <laughs> I
0: wrote it. I knew the answer, and I was still
2: questioning. Like Maybe he was, dude. That's funny. Um, you know, I should have I should have done the Dan uh the Mohawk punkorama Mohawk thing and said I know it's either true or false. <laughs>
0: yeah, it gets confusing with like the like the famous shot of everyone on the porch too, where I'm sure someone is wearing Converse. Dan, let's go to you for your first question. The singer of Leeway and the Iron Maiden mascot share this first name. Eddie. Point to the champ. All right. Chris, we go to you for round two. This is a hardcore music festival based in Southern California, as well as the debut LP by the band Youth Brigade. Sound of Fury. A point to Chris. All right. Dan, we go to you for your round number two. Dan, the Cinema Beer Goggles VHS tape features how many bands from San Diego? <laughs>
1: one blink 180 well blink back then right just
0: blink we go to chris for the possible steal oh chris the cinema beer
2: goggles
1: (laughs) oh i think i remember the oh i know
2: it's either one or two dan was gonna say it's either green or a blue
0: mohawk chris the cinema beer goggles vhs tape features how many bands from san diego
2: i think it's at least double what dan said i'm gonna say two
0: a steal for Pauzy Chris.
2: <laughs> Tilt it's wheel.
0: Correct.
1: Fuck.
0: Yep. With Tilt for- wheel, like drinking 40s out of a dumpster as the video. <laughs> yep. One of my favorite songs on the Cinema Beer Goggles VHS. Okay.
1: How many times am I going to be asked about this fucking VHS? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Just
0: study I love the it. shit out of it. <laughs> Who else am I going to give these questions to? Come on. <laughs> That's true. So I love it. All right, Chris, we go to you for round number three. In the Killing Time song, Fools Die, what does the singer state he doesn't want to be?
2: He doesn't want to be a fool. A point to Chris.
0: We go to Dan for your round number three. Dan, which came first? The Sex Pistols were... I worded it weird of course. Oh,
1: what a surprise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Which came first? The Sex Pistols debut LP, Never Mind the Bullocks, or Arby's Beef and Cheddar Sandwich adds cheese sauce and an onion bun? So you're saying the Beef and Cheddar debut, or is the Beef and Cheddar
1: switch to adding cheese sauce and the onion?
0: Yes, and- the, the the Beef and Cheddar Sandwich exists, but they add cheese sauce and an onion bun. In a certain year, did that happen before or after the Sex Pistols?
1: I'm gonna have to say, it happens after because it sounds a bit more processed, and I don't think that that um, you know, pre seventy seven was more like straight up food.
0: A point to the champ, and that's why he's the champ. Sex Pistols <laughs> LP, 1977. That Arby's upgrade, 1978. Wow! Up? Wow! Yeah, man. All right, we go to Chris for round number four. Chris, this band from New York put out an LP called Unorthodox. Also, a great hardcore record label out of Orange County, California. Oh, I know this, but I've drawn a blank on it. I can read the question one more time. A band from New York that put out an LP called Unorthodox. Also, a great hardcore Indecision. record Ah, Oh, album. I was ready. Point to Chris and what would have been a sure file, surefire steal for the champ. But Dan, we go to you for round number four. All right, Dan, which is not a song from the mouthpiece LP? A again B still C alone D frame. Oh Jesus Christ. Can you repeat that? Of course. A again B still C, Alone, D, Frame.
1: God, they like the one-word titles, right? (laughs) (laughs) They really like the one-word titles. Um, Give it to me one more time, because I I know, again, is one of them, and I know still is one of them.
0: What were the other (laughs) two? C, Alone, D, Frame.
1: Um, Alone is the one that's not on the LP.
0: He's a champ for a reason, fellas. Holy shit! Point to Dan
3: because I I re- I know the the song title "Frame" too. It's so mouthpiece. <laughs> and 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 I just realized this now. Before someone gives us a hard time when they listen to this episode, "Frame" is actually on the first mouthpiece seven inch. So we would have accepted that as an answer too. And and we 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 missed it when we when I was fact checking this question earlier today. That's oh, not a mouthpiece. That's on the first seven inch, but it's on the CD version has all of it. It's uh, on can we win.
0: Hey.
3: A discogs fail and a Zach fail. What's up?
0: All right. Let's go to Chris for round number five. Chris, this DYS song is also something your dentist might say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, pass.
0: All right. We go to Dan for the possible steal. Okay. I, I, unless it's unless you've got some weird logic it's got to be the opening track open up a point to the champ epic steel good job dan all right <laughs> we go to you for your round number five <laughs> Dan in what year did Coxbarrer famously run riot a 1982 b 1983 c 1984 or d 1985
1: Well, George Orwell is a massive Coxborough fan, and it's running riot in 84.
0: A point to the champ. How about that? All right. We go to round six, the final round of basic questions. Chris, this Orange County straightedge band shares the name of the organization known for the famous motto, Just Say No. Uh, Dare? Point to Chris. Great LP.
1: Great LP.
0: Great, great LP. Everyone, buy that thing. What's up? Okay, Dan, round number six. Dan, this re-release... The re-release of this NorCal Band's 7-inch was Teamwork Records number one. This
1: re-release... Teamwork's number one?
0: NorCal. um, You've stumped me.
1: Teamwork number one. I would not have done this
0: question if it wasn't... a if it wasn't brought up on the pod before.
1: I'm surprised you are even giving teamwork some uh, credit here.
0: Hey, Chris Kelly's my boy, man. <laughs> really nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> really cool dude.
1: Oh, um, unit pride.
0: We go to Chris for the possible steal. Oh, shit. Chris, the re-release of this NorCal band seven inch was teamwork records. Number one.
2: I have no idea.
0: It was Breakaway. Oh,
2: San yeah, Ramon Moshcrew. You knew, crew.
0: Yeah, knew it because Jeremy Lux chose it. So, yeah, there's that. Okay. And Ben, let's go to you for a subtotal.
3: All right. Uh, the champ has six points and our uh, visiting opponent, Chris, has five. So it's a really close game. It's anybody's game. All right, and we're going
0: into round seven. You know what's up.
3: What? 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 Okay. (laughs) All right, Chris. Chris,
0: Chris, how many points would you like to wager on being able to guess this Rick to Life lyric that I'm going to play for you? You're down by one. You have five points against Dan six.
2: You know what? Yolo. I don't, I'm I'm going all in. I know yeah. I'm not going to be able. I know I'm not going to be able to get it. But like, let's be real. Hey, Someone's going to walk away the champion, whether I win <laughs> or lose.
0: <laughs> well, and you're pausing, Chris, and I appreciate you believing in yourself, man. So that's what's what it's all about.
2: I just want all right,
0: ride. here we go. <laughs> I- <laughs>
2: All right, let's do it. Play it. I can play it again for you. Here you go. All right, I'm almost there. Hit me one more time. All right, here we go. All right, one more time. All right, here we
3: go. Last one. That got clipped. You got to play it one more time. (laughs)
2: Jesus. Okay. I have no idea. Uh, I'm the one that believes in you. It's
0: actually (laughs) build up those walls. We're here to smash them down. Uh, Now I'll play one last time. I I thought he
1: said let me down at the very end of it, so I'm proud that
0: I at least heard down. (laughs) Dan's got that warm up. All right. Once again, build up those walls. We're here to smash them down. Sing along, everyone. Uh, All
3: right. He doesn't even say all of
1: those words. I don't um, hear
3: the we're I don't hear the smash them smash them part.
1: Yeah, neither do
2: I. I do.
3: <laughs> really? You, you
2: guys just aren't watching the game. Yeah. Chris, what
0: <laughs> Chris is taking his L like a stand up fellow. All right, Dan, let's go to you. How many uh, points do you want to wager?
1: I'm gonna wager one.
0: Okay, and here we go. Coward. <laughs> One more time, please. You got it. Is this from DeLowdown? I couldn't tell you because uh song titles in the lyrics.
1: Oh shit. Um I know this song is definitely in the NYHC video, but I have no fucking clue what you're saying. One more time, please. <laughs>
2: And you'll
1: keep it on me. one more time, please and, you'll keep it on me. and you're keeping on me or you're keeping it real, I don't know what he's saying um, one more time and you're keeping it real,
0: Dan, we gotta you take the l on this one. I'll play one more time no no, no,
1: no, I'm saying that's what he says,
0: oh yeah, not correct. Oh. More time
2: your- <laughs> <laughs> do, it was really Still,
0: <laughs> he's I, Chris. Do you know? Hell no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a hit, though. I love this song. He says, "Short fuse and you're keeping on me."
1: Oh, see, I was, I was
0: close. Yeah, half. Again. yeah, I have. All right, uh, we'll play it back. Short fuse and keeping on me, everybody. This song rips. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Dan, let's go I, to you for the totals. And if are
1: picked on me, what does that mean?
0: Uh I well you're you're I, I can't tell
3: you the other one because it might be for next episode. okay. Um <laughs> you know, we gotta have Thorne's Capricorn on this because he's the only one who might be able to get any of these right. He, um, will, exact, he will double he will double whatever exact. he has. Yeah. That's for sure. Um so we have Chris uh wagering all five points and losing all five points, and he's coming out with Donuts, and then we have the reigning champion who wagered one point out of his six, lost it, and he's down to five. So Dan is the winner. <laughs> Can we awesome. talk about you? So much more than winner that <laughs> all right.
1: I said thank you so much, Chris, for the win this time in OTL <laughs> <RPL> Speak. <laughs> Respect.
3: Way to go, dude.
0: What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are doing more 25 to Life lyric trivia. No, just kidding. We're talking hardcore. Helping out. You know him. You love him. It is the best-dressed man on the pod. It is Daniel Sant. What's up, Dan? What's going on? And
1: uh, in keeping with being the best-dressed man on the pod, I am wearing a This and That t-shirt. This and That. The Mancunian Premier Curry
0: House. Which you're going to go to pretty soon in November, right? When you're running from that powerhouse pit.
1: That's right. <laughs> when I'm running scared.
0: Yep. Also helping out.
3: It is Ben Merlis, a.k.a. Ben Edge, a.k.a. Bedge. What's up, Ben? What's going on? I am the worst dressed man on the pod. You can't see what I'm wearing, but I guarantee you I'm the worst dressed man on the pod. Thank you.
0: Uh, we would we would be in a, uh, a toss-off there, dude. Or a toss-up.
2: <laughs> Please, <laughs> toss-off. a toss-up. Not a toss-off.
0: <laughs> what is that? Is that slang? Yeah, for jacking the off. off. Oh, how about that? All right. Also helping out, it is the mighty, mighty Posy Chris. What's up, Chris? <laughs> What's up? What up? What up? All right, Dan. What do you want to talk about today? Well, I thought
1: you know what might be an interesting topic is to talk about something that you've been rocking lately, like been listening to quite a bit. Uh, that is not really at the forefront of many hardcore discussions or conversations as of this time today in the world, you know? So maybe it's a slept on band. Maybe it's something from the past that you, you're really liking again, or can't stop listening to again, something along those lines. So uh, let's do it. You know, let's, let's talk about some bands that, that we feel deserve a little bit of uh, coverage and, why we're we're so uh,
0: enveloped in their sound lately. All right. Well, I'll kick it off uh, because Chris actually turned me on to this band, I believe, at the end of 2020, although their last EP came out at the beginning of 2020, and it totally missed me. But ever since he turned me on to it, I can't stop listening to it. Uh, It's the band End It, and I'm – mostly talking about their latest release, which is the four songs they put out then beginning of January. This thing is out of this world. Um, First off, like the first three tracks are like a minute and a half or less. In fact, the first two are under a minute and they tuck so much into these songs. Like there's like so much creativity, so much creativity. They hit like all these different tempos, but they sound like nothing else. The only thing I think that they sometimes sound like is on the, I believe it's the second song, the HTF song, like they settle in and it's kind of like the fast parts remind me a little bit of burn. And part of, I think the reason for that is the drummer goes with like a slower fast beat, but it's weird because he's really good at playing and it actually makes the, like the music seem wilder. Like you would almost think that when the drums are faster, music sounds wilder. But this like, I don't know, it just settles into like this pulse and it allows like the singer, like a nicer like palette to get down on. And the singer's got so much skill and so much like personality that comes across. This is insane. And now, you know, it's been, you know, a year and a half or more since like they put out these four songs. It's like the number one band that I'm excited about, like their next release. Um, And yeah, I can't wait. I got to thank Chris a million times for turning me on to this. Chris, what do you think about it?
2: Yeah, you know, this is one too that I that I missed, which is funny because uh I believe like a friend of mine did their artwork and I remember seeing the artwork like earlier that year when it came out, but that you know, I didn't check out the band at that time, unfortunately. Um and then the you know, it's
1: so sick too,
2: Chris. Yeah, it's tight. Um but at the end of the year, you know, when everyone's doing their, you know, their favorite releases of the year. Uh, I saw this on a couple people's and I was like, you know what? I don't think I've actually heard that. And I checked it out and I was like, whoa, this is super cool. Um, I totally agree with everything. um, Zach said, like it's, it's super fast, but hard. And I think the thing that really makes it stand out is the, the singers, like the personality that just kind of drips from the vocals. It's super cool. Like, uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain like what he kind of his vibe is, but it's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's just personality that comes to the song, right? Like, there's a charisma, you know, which is like a rarity. You can't explain like an it factor, right? Like, why do certain like pro wrestlers get like famous? Right? It's because they have some sort of weird it factor that makes them like they stand out, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, why is it why is it Rowdy Roddy Piper and not Greg the Hammer Valentine? Well personality you know yeah.
2: yeah i i think uh when i listen to it it doesn't sound like this band really but it reminded me a little bit of powerhouse i think probably because of the the drums and how like furious they are um but yeah i don't know it's just really cool Re- great hardcore fast hard biting just the way it should be you know yeah and if you're getting those powerhouse
0: vibes and there's no doubt that i'm gonna love it you know <laughs> So that's wild, Dan. Did you get a chance to listen to this?
1: Yeah, yeah, I love it. I I love the song "Lifer" where and you, and this is going off of the charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent of the singer, where he does the almost like Beach Boys "ba ba ba, ba, ba <clears throat> and then it goes drops right in. It's so sick.
0: He's doing a mouth drumbeat, no?
1: Yeah, but the way he's doing the "ba ba," it almost sounds like Barbara Ann. Like I know he does song? it better
0: because we do do that, do that, do that, do that. But like, <laughs> we're all monotone and shit and this guy's got way more skill. So it's like, fuck, he actually did like a mouth instrument. God damn it.
1: Yeah. But he's doing it like, bah, 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 like the snares being hit. I don't know. It's really cool.
0: Right. He um, actually like put into in in notation, intonation, yeah, but, but put intonation it, of the drums.
1: Yeah. But almost making it sound like it's oldies style backup vocals, you know? Yeah. Anyway, it's that's really cool the band's really great um it's a it's a good one to recommend to everyone to check out especially you know almost 18 months have passed since it came out so it's a good time to pull a u-turn and go check it out
2: yeah shout never out, too late shout out to worthy who did that did the art now lives down in san diego awesome yeah what's yeah, up do let's can- hang out I caught um, this
3: right I caught this right after it came out because the singer co hosts a podcast with another guy called Up the Blunks, where it's all about black hardcore kids, black punk rockers, and um, the his name's Ak- Akil, and the other the co host name is Kevin and the funny story is so Akil is from Baltimore, which is where Ended is from, their Baltimore band. And Kevin First, seat lays eyes upon this guy when he walks in and watches End It play. And Akhil is saying all this funny stuff in between the songs. And Kevin's actually a stand-up comedian. And he's like, this guy's funnier than me. Or he, this is the funniest guy I've I've seen ever on stage. I have to meet him. And then they end up doing a podcast together. So that's pretty cool. I'm going to check out that pod. And for, for the
1: other reason that the singer of this band rules, I mean, the band rules. I don't want to just single him out as being awesome. But... In the picture on Spotify, he's wearing an alone in a crowd hoodie. So
3: I noticed that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, touching Dan
0: right in the feels. And yeah, the Up the Blunks podcast is great. Everyone should check it out. I listened to the episode with the singer of Zulu that came out maybe a few weeks ago. And it was great. And whoever edits that pod does a great job of like splicing in things. So much respect from one podcaster to another.
3: And yeah. Ben, go ahead and and uh, and the other thing you mentioned burn like you hear it in the drums i hear it in the vocals too i think there's a little bit of chaka in the um in the vocals not entirely but like when he's when he's going full on i don't hear it but when it when he's when he's holding back a little bit i hear i hear it yeah a
0: little less snarl though like he doesn't do the like it's not a snarl you know but like maybe the the way he dances on like the palette is, is similar in a way because it is like kind of close to the same fast
3: beat, you know? But anyway, all right, Ben, let's go to you for your pick. Um, I'm picking a band called Jade dust who are a fairly new band. I think they've only been around for about a year. Um, So Rudy Jung and Chris Dupree are the, are two guys I met when they lived in Santa Barbara and they were always doing bands down in Santa Barbara. And they now live in Portland, Oregon, and they're doing this band, Jade, Jade dust which kind of sounds like almost every mid-80s Discord band combined. Like, I can't narrow it down any more than that. It's like, Rites of Spring, Embrace, Soulside, Rain, but not Beefeater, because there's no slap bass. Um, but Rudy uh, sings and plays guitar, Chris plays guitar, and then there's a bass player and a drummer. I don't know those two guys. Um, Stan Wright from One Word Death Threat, Recorded them. He has a recording studio up in Portland, and uh, they have a demo out on this label called Extinction Burst, which I think is based in the Inland Empire. And uh, Extinction Burst also put out a demo by another good band called Away, and and then a comp called Behind This Wall. And then, so Rudy and Chris, maybe eight years ago, were in a band. Were in a band uh, when they were living in Santa Barbara called Become, which was sort of the same vibe like revolution summer, mid eighties DC kind of a thing. But I think Jade dust nails it a little better and they have a six song EP coming out any day now. And, uh, the band, the name of the band Jade dust is, is actually named after the song Jade dust eyes by one of my favorite bands ever shutter to think also from DC also formed in the mid eighties. Um, and so, The last thing I'll say about them is like there's a lot of bands that kind of zero in on a specific style of hardcore or a specific style of punk, and they just nail it on a technical level, but it kind of rings false because it lacks the spirit that made that that style so appealing in the first place. But these guys have the spirit to back up the style they chose, so it it totally has the sort of the uh, the vibe of all the bands that they're emulating, not just, you know, the chord progressions or the rhythm or whatever. It's the the spirit behind it is there.
0: Yeah. And I think that if they've been like hammering out this style for that many years, Ben, like you gotta like recognize part of the reason why it's so good is because like it's really like in their hearts, right? They're not like taking a stab at a bunch of different things to see what catches on. Like this is what they want to do and they're they're hammering it out.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. Like they they're not well i have this thing like i call it punk for a year like let's do this let's try this on like let's try let's try this style of music on like the like you would try on a shirt and yeah since they've been doing you know the bat band become which was like probably mid 2000s that's like seven years ago already eight years ago maybe and so yeah it's like they're committed to this style of music this is this is their shit you
2: know good point
0: chris you were able to check out that single they put out a few weeks ago
2: yeah it's cool uh the demo is cool too uh ev uh my friend evan from uh from cold sweat played bass in cold sweat uh turned me on to this band actually and uh yeah it's really cool and then immediately almost immediately after he turned me on to it uh a ram really likes it a lot too and uh so we were talking about them and uh, we're actually playing with them coming up pretty quick in December. So I'm really hyped to see them. But, yeah. yeah and cool. then I just,
0: I want to clarify that the extinction burst label, uh, it looks like it's out of Victorville. So it goes back to the old Jill Revis controversy. What's Inland Empire? What's uh high desert? What's what? But uh, I think Victorville is high desert. So
3: my bad, that.
2: my bad. I feel like I feel like their Instagram has some like IE stuff on it though like some so maybe they consider themselves <laughs> IE. The,
0: the controversy lives. Dan, did you get a chance to check this?
2: Yeah,
1: my favorite song is the song Stay. It is so of what Ben is saying the amalgamation of all those bands, especially Embrace on that song, I feel. Um yeah, it's really good. I can see why Ben is in love with it. I mean, it it just speaks his language, and
0: I like it too. Right on. Dan, let's go to you for uh, your choice.
1: Okay, I'm going back to the early 2000s, and a band I have not been able to stop listening to lately is The Promise. This band, for um, listeners that have maybe never listened to them before, is an amazing... um, Stray edge band out of Syracuse, New York, upstate New York. And here's my here's my elevator pitch of what they sound like. This is a band that is playing old school hardcore after being raised in a very metal scene. <laughs> so uh as they're on the way to practice, the burn seven inch and sick of it all just look around are the th- records that they keep listening to on the way to practice that's my breakdown of what The Promise sounds like. Um, They definitely have lots of Burn-esque guitar work, um, but they also, they're just fucking brutal at the same time while being straight ahead, hardcore, and fast. Uh, It's amazing lyrics um, that comment on hardcore and the outside world. I feel the first seven inch my true love and crush all fakes i mean i don't know if there's a more perfect straight up hardcore two song seven inch out there you know it's it's pretty legit uh the lp believer is on indecision and it's amazing the sound is is fantastic the songs um what Jim Winters and JD do on the guitar. They do lots of, um, kind of discordant style things while it's still blazing ahead. Hardcore, like kind of like burn do, you know, like lots of runs, like lots of, like that kind of stuff. Um, it's just, it's really fucking good. And if you've never listened to the promise, I urge you to listen to them. Um, everything's on Spotify. And it it's just fucking absolute grade A killer straight edge hardcore.
0: Yeah, we did a few shows with them on, like, their infamous Van Burn tour. Yeah, um, more heading we references. Now, yeah, another Burn reference, huh? Yeah, that was crazy because I think that – I can't remember if it happened between San Diego and Arizona, if it happened between Arizona and Texas. It was – Go ahead. It was the it day
1: was after right the after they left Chafest. Yeah. yeah. It was the okay. night they were driving through the night, I
0: believe. Yeah. So then, yeah. So they show up to Tucson and they have nothing, which is wild. You know, it's, it's funny because it's not funny. I don't want to see anyone like get fucked up out on tour, but like, you know, once or twice a year, you see stories pop up of bands getting robbed, you know, like someone stole our trailer or someone stole our, our gear and stuff and. You know, I feel bad for them, but I also kind of don't sometimes. I hate to say that. Maybe that's a character flaw of mine. But like when we went on tour, I
1: if, would say, like, Zach, let me just interject so you don't come off as so mean. You, it's not that you
0: don't feel sorry for him. It's more you think you should have known better. Right. Because when we're on tour, every single night, someone slept in the van, no matter what, for that reason. And if we were somewhere that we thought that was sketchy, two people s- slept in the van because like, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know like the neighborhoods you're in and so forth. Right. Like you're a visitor in these places. Um, and I I think it's silly that some people just like leave their van and all their equipment. Like that seems insane to me, you know? Um, but like the promise, like Jesus, like that was none of like they're ignoring like that things happen like that. It was just a tragic thing that happened. Like literally their van burnt and they lost everything. And I mean, they were, they were bummed, but they continued like that tour amazingly. And they slayed it every night, dude. They were a great band. And you're right. That song seven inch is so good. The LP I enjoy. The LP has my favorite promise song on it. The one with like the scale mosh, you know, I won't yeah, call it a yeah. pneumatic scale again. Cause I did before and it sounded like a total moron, but, uh,
1: that's what I was referencing about those runs, you know, like it's right. total scale mosh
0: <laughs> total. So good,
3: chromatic. Yeah. Qui- who knows?
0: Now, nah, because cr- see, after I blew it on the pod and called it a couple different wrong type of scales, they're doing a real scale, like just a basic scale. Because a chromatic scale is when you do every single note in order, right? So you would do like A, A sharp. B flat, B, you know, like that. That's a chromatic scale, like a a normal. What's
1: that? Lady Gaga.
0: What's up? All right, Chris, you love this band as well, don't you?
2: Yeah, uh, love this band. Uh, Just a total powerhouse. Played a ton of shows with them. Probably seen them. I don't know. We did a full like six week Euro tour with them. So, I mean, six weeks every night and then, you know, played a handful in the U.S. And they were always awesome. Uh, Jim Winters (laughs) Jim Winters has this kick that he does and it's just like it's just like his leg just shoots out it almost looks like a jackknife where the knife is just popping out and uh, one show in London I was running across the stage to stage dive and he did that kick and basically just kicked me off the stage it was had to be hilarious looking but (laughs) that's great but yeah, this so band was sick, like the complete package, great live, great recorded, awesome lyrics, Um, just quality, hardcore lovers and cool people.
0: Yeah, and I love the artwork on the LP.
2: Yeah, so good. No, total
0: package, total package band.
2: And the artwork on that 7-inch was awesome too.
0: True, that is true. Chris, let's go to you for your choice.
2: All right. Uh, So I'm going to take a band from Vancouver. <laughs> bc called rest easy uh they had an ep that came out earlier this year called sick day and uh this is uh, yeah this is one that just flew under my radar for some reason despite like having friends in the band um you know it's funny so change is doing a weekend like a northwest weekend coming up with FOM and, and punitive damage and uh mike our guitar players is, is booking the vancouver show and he's like Oh, should I put Rest Easy? He's like, I should put Rest Easy on the show. It'll be their first show. I'm like, who's Rest Easy? He's like, oh, it's Kenneth, it, Kenny, Kenny Lush. Is, uh, he used to play guitar in, uh, in Punitive Damage and Dagger Mouth and some others. And uh, so, yeah, it's his new band. And I checked it out. And also, the drummer Jimmy's a friend of mine. <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. It was like, what? And, and it was so, like, I knew they were in a band, but I didn't know they had music out. And and I didn't know it was this awesome. So, like, when I put it in, it just, like, totally floored me. Um, You know, musically, I'll say this. Like, no disrespect to Shook Ones or The Distance or any other great bands that have done this style. But in my opinion, this is the best Dan Yeaman worship band, like, ever. Like, since, you know, the originals. Um but they also add elements of, you know, maybe like touches of, of the loved ones, maybe some small brown bike in there. Um, definitely some kid dynamite. Cause it's, uh, it's you know, some of it's so a lot, hardcore. a lot more hardcore than, than like a lifetime e-pop punk. Um, the recording's great. The songs are well written. You know, they float between fast hardcore and catchy, like East Coast pop punk. instruments are all fantastic and well done, but I think what really puts us over the top is the vocals, um, because he has such a cool voice and, you know, it's definitely in that, that style of, you know, the Yemen bands. Um, but I don't know. They're, they're totally shredded at times, like kind of like kid dynamite, uh, but also still tunable also like kid dynamite. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, as far as my, my standout tracks on this, I think in, initially the the first track, Get Busy Dying, was my favorite. You know, it's definitely the most like hardcore of, of the songs, whereas some of the others trend a little bit more of that East Coast pop punk. Um, but as I've listened to it more and more, those other tracks have caught up to it and and some of them even passed it. I think Bad Idea is is a song that will get stuck in my head at the, at the drop of a dime. Um, so yeah, this is a band that just kind of like flew under my radar for, you know, six, seven months or so. And then like the last month I've just been listening to it nonstop, probably more than any other band right now. Um, so yeah, I'm super hyped on it. They're currently recording at LP and, uh, you know, we're going to play with them in December on that little Northwest run. So I'm super hyped to see them too.
0: Yeah, I love this. Um, I want to circle back to previous sleeping in vans because you reminded me because they're from Vancouver and actually the one night that someone tried to break into our van was in Vancouver in front of wherever Aram was living at the time. I think it would have been an Oh two or Oh three. And yeah, some fool like slid one of the, like the windows on our van and was like reaching in to try to get in the van. But we used to bring those grocery dividers, like those rubber ones you used uh-huh. to get from like the supermarkets and Ryan yeah. just beat the shit out of the dude's arm. <laughs> You know, so like, that's why you have someone sleep in the van. Now, in regards to this band, dude, (laughs) doing melodic hardcore in 2021 is so wild because it's so easy for that marshmallow to fall off the stick and like straight into the fire. But these guys are so good. This guy's voice is amazing. You know, like it's legit. Good, good, good. And I'm, I'm glad he's singing in a band and the music is like the proper vehicle for it he knows when to hang back. He knows when to go for it. He, he pushes it also, you know, like it's, he doesn't always just stay in that safe, quiet, like snotty zone. Mm-hmm. Like he can belt it. And like, those are the best singers, right? Like a uh, Greg Graffin, right? Bad religion. Like the dude in his prime is an amazing singer. Cause not only is he hitting all these notes, but he's actually belting it. Like you can feel it, that it's coming from the gut, you know? And yeah, this EP is great. Um, we were going to do it for a previous episode, like I think in a side A side B, and I listened to it a bunch back then. And I loved listening to it. Like I legitimately listened to it probably five times in a row, which is like high praise. You know, Dan, were you able to listen to this at all?
1: Yeah, I listened to it in the build up to that episode. And I, actually, I listened to it the minute Chris sent it over back in the day because <laughs> 185 miles listeners might know by now that Chris is our conduit to um, songs and bands that we may not have come across our radar in our particular geographic location. So Chris dream catches for us and, and hands them off to us. So um, when I listened to this, I instantly thought kid dynamite has a, has a new uh, heir to the throne type for that sound, you know? Um, and nothing's really changed. I feel the same way. Like the catchiness that's in kid dynamite is heard in this band. Um, it is interesting what Chris says, like small Brown bike or like perhaps even, um, you know, silver scooter or things like that, that might just give that touch of what the emo sound outside of the, pop punk sound is there you know just slight moments of that but it is very catchy all the way through and it's definitely worth a listen and and buy the record and support the band and go see them and etc ben were you able to get a
0: chance to listen to any of this
3: yeah i, I listened to it uh, the day uh, chris sent it to us as well and uh i did like it and i i think what chris said is right about you know Every once in a while, you'll get these kind of lifetime Kid Dynamite, Dan Nieman worship bands popping up. Uh, there's one in Germany called Duchamp. There's another one called Latest God. Like, uh, I think this is the best out of out of them. Discog says that th- this has members of uh, Shook Ones. Is that true?
2: Yeah, I think Jimmy played drums for him for for a little bit. I don't know if he recorded on anything or not, but.
3: Okay, because shook ones to me sounded too much like Kid Dynamite. Like it was like the same. It almost the guy's voice sounded like this It sounded like the same singer. This is clearly not the same singer, but musically very similar. And and so you know, if you're going for a sound and you end up nailing it, like if you end up, this is like the one thing you don't want to hit the bullseye. Like you hit if you hit the bullseye and you sound exactly like the band you're trying to sound like, it's like ooh. Not that good, but this is good because it 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 has its own flavor to to the formula, um, and it also Discogs says they're on Mutant League Records. And then when you click on Mutant League Records, it says that it's owned by uh vic it, The parent label is Victory Records. Is that possible? I know I'm like fat, trying to fact check Discogs, but I'm just curious about this band.
0: Good luck figuring out like the corporate makeup of Victory Records now, dude.
3: Right, right. It's like totally confusing. But um yes, I I like this and I love the the four song EP for this style is like the perfect length, you know, so you can listen it'll make you want to listen to it over and over again because it's it's you know, four songs, you're not going to get tired of it.
0: It really is. Like it's not enough. You know, like the LP for this band is going to be a big proving ground. Because that EP is like a nice dose where I feel like it's not long enough, which is kind of like how you want things to be in hardcore and punk when people put out the first release. Like you don't want it to be too much. You want to be like, oh, I can't wait for the next thing to come. You know, but that LP, like the LP for a band in this style is an amazing proving ground. We'll see. I'm I'm hoping the best for it.
1: For sure. It's a difficult thing in this, you know, Sound like you've got to really have some nice variety to make it fully interesting. I believe, um, yeah. It. I can't wait to hear what's next from him, though.
0: Right on. Okay, let's wrap that. Also, up.
1: can Go I? Ahead. Yeah, I would challenge the listeners. Like, whenever we post about this part of the pod, give us what what bands you think we should check out that are potentially slept on or, or not as discussed as much as you think they should be. Cause yeah, we'd love to hear
0: great suggestions, you know, Southpaw Instagrammer on uh, Instagram. That's right. Yep. That's what's up. All right. And everyone remember there is a playlist for every episode. 185 miles South, 185 miles South.com. Click that playlist link and you can check all this stuff out. I do that hard work for you, dude. So, it's because I love you. How do you do, fellow kids? What? How do you do, fellow kids? What? How do you do, fellow kids? All right, I wanted to talk about the compilation America's Hardcore 5. Partially because on the podcast previously, we talked about like the importance of compilations in like this decade like does it matter anymore with like everyone being on Spotify or Apple Music and there have been compilations that have come out in the last few years that I think really do matter and I think this one is superb um we should also mention the the once in unity 2 comp came out and there's a lot of good stuff on there um but this America's hardcore 5 there was a lot of stuff on here and so I wanted to take some time to go through some of our favorite tracks and uh Chris why don't you kick it off with a couple that you like
2: all right uh the first one I'm gonna take will be probably no surprise to anyone but my favorite track on this is the inclination song um it's called fruition the first thing I want to say is the lyrics are really cool this is I think I think in the hardcore scene like a lot of people over the age of I don't know 30 tend to kind of look down on the younger generation of hardcore kids you know they're in kind of try to force fit their own preferences and life experiences with a younger like to a younger generation that they don't really understand, you know myself included at times. And it's kind of done in an attitude of of like hey kid, you need to you need to understand what I went through back in my day, but at the same time like you know they're kind of totally ignoring what that kid went through or is going through. But here's a song from someone who's, you know, well into their thirties, you know, has been around through a number of hardcore generations. And, and this is basically kind of taking the other approach. It's basically a love song to, you know, the younger generation of of hardcore about how they inspire him and how they teach him so much. And, and they don't always get the credit they deserve for how they're doing things the right way. And, and, and just kind of how the scene and and the world are in, in great hands. Uh, from, you know, this next generation, this next crop of kids. Um, I think, I think it's just a cool approach. You know, it's a, it's a cool reminder that you, you know, you can scream your head off about things you love just as much as, you know, things that are messed up and that piss you off, which, you know, those songs are also a hundred percent valid. Um, but you know, there's, there's just different approaches you could take. And, and I think this song is a cool, um, you know, approach at talking about something that you think is awesome. Pinscreen Chris, can we jump in?
0: It. Can we jump in and talk the lyrics before you talk about the music? Yeah. Um, first off, I had a question for you, um, which ties into another conversation we had a while back. But how? First off, how are you able to access the lyrics for this? Because that's like a problem I have with like modern music coming out. Like, I want to read mm-hmm. the lyrics, and if you don't buy the LP, like, how do you get them? Until someone like uploads a version that may or may not be yeah. accurate on one of the
2: lyric sites totally so this this one inclination like posted the lyrics to their uh to their instagram uh and and to twitter too i think oh right so but yeah i actually had the same the same problem there were a couple that i was trying to find the lyrics to and i couldn't find them but i i saw when this came out like the first thing that that inclination did was posted the lyrics and we're like hey this is what the song you know, what the song's about. Yeah. That rules. Like they're a standout band of this genre, which I'm not really
0: into, but I enjoy them. And I think that that might be a, a thing. Like I like the vibe of this stuff and you can tell it's like lyric heavy and sincere. And I appreciate that. But again, mm-hmm. that lyric thing, it perturbs me a bit because like one of my songs, I was like trying to find the lyrics too. And I was like, where are mm-hmm. they? Like the lyrics and hardcore, like mm-hmm. matter a lot to me. And, And it sounds like the guy's saying something cool, but I have no idea what he's saying. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. I also wanted to address what you talked about um, with sometimes like the older generation looking down on newer kids, because I think a lot about like the purpose of this podcast and like why I bother doing it. And I think that like we, like the younger kids, they set like the pace, right? Like, they choose what's popular or not because they should, in my opinion, like hardcore has to be like a youth fueled movement or just 100%. get stagnant and weird. And I can never be mad at that. Like, even if I don't understand like, Oh, why does this band catch on? Or why does this band catch on? Like, I don't know. I don't really care. I'm, I'm like more so just rooting for everything. Um, like I want everyone to be popular in this genre as long as like they ride for it. And they're not like tourists. um, but I think that, like, maybe, maybe the purpose of the pod is, like, older people, sometimes maybe we have perspective on things that have, like, merit and, like, some longevity. And so, like, For that's sure. what we do is, like, we pluck out some things that we're, like, okay, this is hot. But I also think, like, it's going to have, like, lasting value. And this like, it just resonates a little more, right? So I'll never hate on something that's, like, hot and doesn't, like, resonate with me. But also, like, I... I do think that we're not being out of line by deciding some things that like we can pluck out and matter to us and we think are important. How do you think about that?
2: Definitely. I think, you know, when I think about like my, you know, what hardcore is to me, you know, it's changed a lot over the years and changes every year. And I hope it does till the day I die because, you know, otherwise like, you know, (laughs) what's the point? But, I think like I used to kind of look at hardcore from a perspective of this is hardcore and this isn't, you know? And I think, you know, over the years I've kind of taken more of of, a, Hey, this is what hardcore means to me. I'm going to share it. If it means that to you, awesome. Let's like bond on it. Let's, you know, build on that. If it isn't, then that's fine too, you know? Um, And, and certainly, you know there's there's life experiences that you can share there's mistakes that you can share so that people don't have to make the same mistakes as you um certainly that that's a huge thing you know i i think cuz you know if people don't have to make the same mistakes that you made like they're so much the better off you know sometimes they have to make the mistakes to learn from them. but so yeah i totally i i totally agree um but i also think I just love that this song kind of just turns that on its head and, and you know, clearly this is a band that has a lot of, uh, you know, strong feelings about hardcore and about straight edge and are not afraid to like scream it from the rooftop. Uh, but in this song, they're also recognizing like, I'm so like proud of, of you guys and I see what you're doing and I'm you're, you're learning from yourself. You're learning from me. I'm learning from you. And you know, Like it's just a a song of optimism. and, And I think that's super sick. Well, that's
1: what I think is amazing about this song and what is amazing about not only what we try and dive into on the pod, what we try and live in our lives is the conversations that can happen between generations within hardcore. I mean, I, I love listening to Tim Gonzalez tell me about tons of things that I would never have known unless that oral history is being passed down. But also I learned from Joseph and lots of my younger friends of like, what's coming up and what is heart and what is the passion and what the feeling behind this band is or what this band's trying to achieve. Like, I, I love the conversation. I mean, I love the oral history of it. I love, I love hardcore and I love, I absolutely love The lyrics of this song because it's sincerity beyond belief you know it's i love it and i mean you took inclination but you know they would have easily been on my (laughs) list too uh to because this band rules and i feel like i i don't know anyone in the band but i want to know them all because every step they make i back i back them hard
0: yeah, and Dan, you name check Tim Gonzalez, and we should say that's a guitarist for Amenity um, and Adult Crash, the singer of Adult Crash. Um, his opinion matters more because he never left either, right? Yeah. Like, he's he's a dude that still loves hardcore, so, like, his opinion carries more weight than someone that slammed to uh, Battalion of Saints in 83 and dropped out, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. his opinion means more because he's an incredibly intelligent person too. So the way that he's going to express things, he's going to tap into why the feeling was there and not just because that riff made you want to slam, you know, like he's tapping into what we all attempt to tap into all the time. The thing that gives us life from hardcore. It's not, it's not just because the songs sound good. It is an entire state of being and i'm so happy to be associated with it
0: right and i'm glad that you bring up joseph because the two bands that like do this 90s style that i like the most are inclination and the field of flames um
2: oh, i'm not know. a huge
0: fan of the style but like both bands like they just keep my interest for some reason like i don't know i listen to it and i'm like this is the stuff that i didn't like but for mm-hmm. some reason it's like holding my interest and i'm like way into it
1: yeah, I love it. I, I feel this song starts out with kind of like an adamantium-style riff to start, but then it could easily be just a more aggressive, ripping song off a ritual. <laughs> you know, the song really has like a strong, like, earlier, unbroken vibe, but with like, that riff at the beginning is is very adamantium to me.
0: Yeah, it kind of encompasses like a whole decade, like maybe ninety two to two thousand two. Yeah. yeah. You know, like yeah. starting with uh like ritual and then going all the way through like Adamantium and some of like the earlier throw down and those type some of bands.
2: Snapcase,
0: someone right, down. Yeah. Right. Yeah, writing
1: down's a good a good
2: nod as well.
0: Agreed. Uh Chris, what's your other one?
2: Uh should we do two at a time or should we should we take turns? Okay, Dan, let's go to you for one of them.
1: Okay, um, one of the songs that I'd I'd love to highlight from this is uh, Firewalker Forever. Um, this is just straight up raging punk hardcore. Really pissed, really fast. Really, uh, it's got, you know, kind of a bit of a UK 82 vibes, slightly, you know. Uh, well, not slightly, but the reason I picked this her voice is so sick it's deep guttural growly and it's just fucking pissed um I really I've liked some of their stuff before but this song is a a new level for them for me I really really dig it um it's it's just Great fucking pissed off punk hardcore. I love it.
0: Yeah, it, it's total like dipping his toes in UK eighty two, or even like maybe line step and like D beat a little bit. Yeah, but they pull it together. It's so catchy on like the choruses when it changes tempos a little bit and gets like almost. It's not melodic, but it's like subtly melodic, and then I don't know. It sounds really kind of like heartfelt and sincere for being so pissed. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really good it's really good
1: yeah it has it's almost like it's subconsciously melodic like it it's not really audible but it's there do you know what i mean
0: yeah it's it's like a a strange vibe that comes through it's like i mean it sounds silly saying this for hardcore right but it's like there's like maybe a sincerity that's like coming through who knows (laughs) but chris were you able to get a chance to listen to this
2: yeah, I think uh, you know, echo a lot of things that <clears throat> that you guys have both said. Um I totally agree with Dan that this is this is my favorite Firewalker song for sure. Um I think it just uh I don't know, maybe it's the recording, like the the vocals just sit really well on top of the the lyrics. Um it, it and something about the mix down, but um she's got kind of a, it's almost like a is it the death metal that does like kind of the cookie mo- monster growl? Yeah. And I was getting mixed up because I'm not a metal, big metal fan, but uh, it's almost kind of like a, a death metal vocals, but done with, you know, the the passion and, and sincerity of, of a hardcore, you know, a hardcore band and a hardcore vocalist. And I think it, it, it just comes off really well on this song.
1: She could definitely sing on Destroy the Machines.
2: Yeah, I
0: feel
3: like
2: for sure. This song kicks ass.
0: Ben, do you have anything on this or should we just go to you for your pick?
3: Um, I just said, I think the music is pretty good hardcore. And I wrote, the vocals aren't my thing. Too growly, I guess. And it's funny because Dan was like, I love the <laughs> vocals. They're really growly. It's like, yep, <laughs> we were definitely listening to the same song. Yeah, um, yeah and, then, and then I wrote, how would you describe that vocal style? But I think when you said guttural, it's like, that's the word I was looking for. That's it. And I think, I want to say a lot of, I'm totally speaking out of pocket here, but ja- a lot of Japanese hardcore has very guttural vocals as well. So, Definitely. but musically, I want to say it sounds very American. Um, where are they from again?
2: No one knows. They're, That's a Boston, they're a Boston band, but I think they're kind of from all over. Like maybe they're college kids. I know Sophie, I believe is her name, the singer. She lives in Olympia now. I think one of them lives in the DC area. All right,
1: and it's such a—it's one of the sickest band names out there. Yeah,
3: it's a cool name. Slapshot, slap
0: shot, Slapshot reference, right?
3: Fire waka, Smooth Taka.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a slap shot single, a seven inch, and then also on uh, I believe their third LP. Then what's your choice?
3: Um, I'm gonna go with. And everyone should know this is a double LP that contains 38 tracks total, which is like, that's a lot to take in. I'll just leave it at that. But my pick, my first pick is <laughs> no, let, let's just say on the group chat, Ben was
1: figuratively waving his cane back and forth. That is too many songs for his old dementia brain to try and soak in.
0: Yeah. I want to say something on that before you, you jump in, Ben, uh, I was listening to one of the episodes of the podcast Form of Passion. Everyone should check out that podcast. I'm a Patreon. And on one of their Patreon episodes, they talked about this comp. And there was some like pretty good conversation and insight. Like one of the dudes brought up the fact that like doing a comp is such a risk because you're you know, you can choose the bands and you can set like some parameters, although it doesn't seem like this comp set like time parameters since they did the double LP route but like you really never know what you're going to get right like someone could turn in a dog a dog shit track or someone could turn in like the best song of their their career and when you think about like like an investment like doing a double lp comp and like not knowing if like all right i'm going to have 38 songs on it but i don't have any clue if i'm going to have zero great tracks or 38 great tracks like it's pretty wild to think about it like that but uh there's yeah. a lot of good stuff on here and that's why we nar- we narrowed it down to to two songs a person but Ben go on
3: Yeah my my first pick is Result of Choice they have a song called Greenwashed and um I definitely heard Result of Choice maybe a year or two ago when they came out with some stuff they have some demos and EPs out um but then I they, it kind of got lost in you know the ether and and then this reminded me of them and I went back and I listened I like this song, and then I went back and I listened to their other stuff, and I'm a fan. And if I see their record, I'm definitely buying it. Um, they have a good guitarist who seems to be getting better. So uh, there's some some uh, tasteful soloing happening here on this song, and the singer has ill style. Like I I uh, saw a photo of her wearing Brady Bunch striped bell bottoms and an upfront t shirt at the same time at a show. I thought that was cool. (laughs) And um, I like how she doesn't push her voice because, you know, she's got this upper register voice, kind of a high pitched voice, but she's just sort of like loudly announcing the lyrics and not screaming them. Cause when upper register singers like really yell or scream, it's like a deal breaker for me. If I just can't handle it, I like the singing or the, this loud announcing style. um, Yeah. It's like a low
2: key shout.
3: Yeah. It's like, it's like, right. It's like shouting without getting grit in there. Um,
2: She she reminds me of like this, this the style of singing It reminds me of instead.
3: Yeah. Or even though I'm not a huge fan, uh, there was a a band from LA from the early to mid eighties called sin 34. And Julie from sin 34 had kind of a similar kind of just sort of like loud pronouncement of lyrics style. Um, so that's a really good song. I, I don't, I didn't, I uh, just going back to Dan's point, I'm sorry, going back to Zach's point, th- the lyrics, I have tried to Google um, what the song is about because it's called Greenwashed, which it might be about something very interesting. Um, this is
2: the one that I actually tried to Google too and couldn't find it. <laughs>
3: yeah, so so uh hopefully the double vinyl will have all the lyrics for all the bands and that will yeah. be an incentive to buy it. But I know why you chose this because she mentions Washington DC
1: in the lyrics. Oh, does she? See, I didn't even get that out of it. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. She she says Washington DC twice in the lyrics, so I'm like, oh that's why Ben chose it.
3: Yeah, Dan's an
0: expert on uh, deciphering result of choice lyrics, but uh, not twenty five to life.
3: Yeah, who is? Yeah, they're, except for They're from they're from Florida, USA. So, yep. a Floridian hardcore band, which sure. uh, there are there are many now. I don't think there were as many
2: twenty thirty years ago as there are now, but I don't know. Yeah, their scene has been popping off the last few years. Uh, This band features members of Eco Strike, Method of Doubt, some other bands. They
0: they tuck in a lot of cool tricks here. Um, You know, with Ben saying like the guitarist is good and getting better, they might be also getting just more creative, like songwriting. Like you know, we talk about hardcore having like a small like tool belt of things to use. And they do some things really well. Like I love, there's a part about halfway through the song, like there's a guitar cut out and then the the fast Toms come in real quick. And then boom, like everyone's back in just little stuff like that, like really cuts things up and makes it creative instead of like, all right, let's just write a song and not spend any time on it. You know, like this is, this is well thought out and in a good hardcore song.
3: Yeah. And they're fans of beyond. They cover a beyond song on one of their other releases. So to give you an idea of, kind of their wheelhouse they have a uh, their seven inch has a cartoon of a naked bald guy sort of like uh, reminds me of no for an answer that that sort of mascot and there's a tree in there too a little bit of change slash uniform choice vibes so oh, there you
1: go <laughs> taking all the tree core.
2: right on um this yeah go chris Yeah, this is. uh, I'm glad that Ben picked the song. This was actually going to be the other song I was going to pick, but then when Ben said it, took it. I was like, cool. I could talk on something else and that one. Um, This is one of my favorite songs on this as well. Um, The intro is super cool, like the lead on it, and it and it was it reminded me of something, and I couldn't place it until about an hour ago. I finally figured out what it was, and it it reminds me of a less metalcore version. Of Shai Halud's "This Wake," I myself have stirred. Which, if you listen to the Revelation Records Super Seven, I took <clears throat> on a technicality because it was a, a reissue. Uh, but they they do like that kind of style of of lead, but they do it you know stripped of any kind of metalcore and just it gives it a really cool old, old school you know more traditional hardcore flavor. It's rad. Vocals upbeat like i said kind of have an instead vibe um you know she doesn't sound like the singer of instead but it's something about just like the way like she carries the um the enunciation and, and i think ben covered it covered it well um you know what that that is but i just love it, it it's 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 very has a very upbeat feel very like proactive
0: right on well i'm taking tsunami cuz i ain't no bitch and uh tsunami brings the heat. They go straight scissor beat on this, and then chokes more scissor beat, and then mosh, and they're out. The song's under a minute. Again, 38 tsunami, seconds. 38 seconds, dude. Limited output from this band, you know, like there's not that many tsunami songs, so there's like a lot of pressure on every song. They're a band that kind of blew up during COVID, and man this song totally delivers. It sounds nothing like the the other tsunami songs. It's just like a short blast, but they kind of like deliver everything you want from like a tsunami song in like a 38 second blast. I'm like, hell yeah, dude, keep it coming. They haven't whiffed yet. And uh, this is just a banger. Dan, what do you think of this?
1: It's the almighty. Um, Yeah, it's (laughs) Joseph sounds super sick on this. Um, as you're wrapping your head around how pissed and mean it is, it's over. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a really great song. Um, stands out on the comp too, like against a lot of, um, of an absolute variety of sounds. Tsunami stands out. Like it is very brutal, (laughs) you know? So, I, I mean, I love Tsunami, you know that? So, I back it 1 trillion percent.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, who kicked it off? Dan, did wow. you go first or Chris, you go first? Chris. Chris, let's go to you for your second S- one.
2: Smacking you up.
0: Yeah. No
2: mercy I play. <laughs> is that is that the lyric? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to take a band from, I thought they were from New Jersey, but Discogs is telling me in New York. I don't know who to believe, but I'm taking the answer. The song is called since birth. Um, I'm sure some listeners of this podcast will know that there was a band from Seattle called the answer in the mid, uh, you know, zero zeros, whatever it's called early two thousands. Honestly, this band is not far from that band's sound. Um, You know, maybe, the fact that they have they share the same name made me realize that. But I think the, the Seattle band was inspired by a lot of early youth brigade or sorry, youth brigade, a lot of early uh B9 bands as well as some youth crew stuff. Certainly like Wright Brigade was very big in their influence. And and I hear I hear a lot of that too from the answer, um New York slash Jersey answer. Um so I don't know if if they're pulling from the same influences or pulling from bands that those influence, but it's just it's a cool sound. They put out a demo 2019, thought it was awesome. I think this is the first output that they've done since that demo, and it's a banger. Um I, another one I tried to look at the lyrics for and couldn't find them. Um the formula is tried and tested, fast verse, mid-tempo chorus fast first mid tempo and then the breakdown um i think the thing that makes it uh the kind of like pause you in your tracks moment is um after the second chorus it it kind of drops out to a slow spacey bridge with like this wanked out dive bomb just like and it gets like spacey for a second and then the breakdown is just like the super mean like two-step beat, uh, but not like a, you know, not like a happy two-step beat, a like two-step and smash someone next to you breakdown. Um, so yeah, the answer, cool, cool, newer band. Uh, the videos I've seen of this band live have been super impressive. So I'm, I'm really psyched to hopefully see them someday.
0: Yeah. When I listened to this, I was like, Oh, is the answer making a comeback? Because, like, also when I saw you picked it, I was like, hell yeah, Chris is riding for his homies, you know, but apparently, different band. And I thought that too about the first band on the comp that it looks like it's Ammunition, but I read it as Ammunition at first. I was like, oh, I think that was a band too. Mm-hmm. Like, we're getting into Recyclees, but hey, it is what it is. The other thing I thought about this song, this is a good, straightforward hardcore song. Chris broke it down perfectly, but I had to think about Beg at the end because it was like, Okay, here's a good fast, straight hardcore song, and it's twenty twenty one, so like there's still like that big mosh at the end. And like I just pictured Ben being like, God damn it.
3: You know?
2: But, That's uh, funny. I don't know.
3: I just this almost made my list, um my two song list. Um yeah, it's just like basic fast hardcore with shouted vocals, gang backups, breakdowns, dive bombs, whammy bar abuse, distorted bass. It's like they're not Reinventing the wheel, but I like the wheel they make. And 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 I did. And it's funny. I did. I thought of you, and I heard that second. I'm like, they already did a fucking breakdown. They're doing another one, but it's even slower. Um, but <laughs> it, it's fine. I, I'll live.
0: <laughs> you might not We're live if we enter the pit during that part, though. <laughs> Dan, did you listen to this?
1: Yeah, I love it. Um, I like the Right Brigade. Uh, kind of, what? It kind of sounds like Linus Drawn era Carry On meets Right Brigade, which I know Carry On on Roll With The Punches went on to sound something like that, Mm -hmm. but this doesn't sound like Roll With The Punches Carry On. It sounds a lot more like Linus Drawn, but a lot harder. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the distorted bass is really cool. Um, The backups are really just great, uh, straightforward, hardcore backups that sound amazing um but yeah the it, it is that i mean it would be a good cross blend of um those two bands like linus Drawn era carry on and right brigade 7 inch era right brigade um well, this is
2: this is like a band that if they were around when all of our bands were touring we would definitely play with them i shit Oh
1: my me. god yeah um we would be uh, up front <laughs> or you would be on my head seven to 15
3: times during their set. And that other band, the answer would be like, Oh, it, it's so
0: <laughs> funny that like, cause Dan's right. This does sound like line is drawn carry on mashed with right brigade, but it's funny because it doesn't sound anything like the next carry on seven inch, which is them influenced by right brigade. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's one of those like, yeah. A yeah. plus B does not equal C. Yeah.
1: It, cause it's missing the uh, tremolo pick
0: that's true. It's missing that Jones right hand for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right, Ben. Let's go to you for your uh, second one. Uh,
3: my second pick is the band Memory Screen, and the the song is called Day of Heaven. And I didn't know anything about this band, um, but I, it's like interesting melodic hardcore, and there's very little melodic hardcore on out of the thirty eight songs on this comp. So it, so it kind of stood out to me. Um, and then it's got this really strange, quirky, slow end part with all these guitar harmonics and this really strange beat. It's it it's kind of funky. Yeah, it almost reminds me of the band All when they when they do those kind of weird instrumentals that you skip over. Except it's not a song you'd want to skip over. That's <laughs> it's like, it actually works in the context of the song and the, everything leading up to that weird slow part at the end is like really good kind of mid tempo. And, and I can't put my finger on what it reminds me of. And I don't think it does remind me of anyone. It's just its own thing, but it's clearly, you really? know, people, what well, is there? Okay. Maybe it's someone I never thought of before. Well, Who does it remind you of it's to me when I heard this song, and I,
1: I was like, okay, Ben's picking this because to me it sounds very Dag Nasty-ish.
3: Yeah, but I was—I don't think guy- it really does sound like Dag Nasty, though. I mean, like- it
1: probably isn't in the nuance of someone who listens to Dag Nasty all the time, like yourself. Sure. But to me, I was like, oh, this is you know very Dag Nasty to me. I mean, that's not to say like we love to give reference points so the people who are listening to us can understand what we're talking about. We not every band sounds exactly like what we say. These are just reference points, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: all melodic hardcore bands sound either like Dag Nasty or Lifetime. All,
3: right.
1: All of the descendants.
3: But it does it does sound like eighties, you know, mid to late eighties melodic hardcore. So yes, in the school of Dag Nasty, but definitely
2: not a um Dag nasty clone. They're not a Definitely you know not at who, all. you know who who I actually thought of the first time I heard this was it actually kind of reminded me a little bit of jade dust, and maybe that's just because I've been listening to them lately, but
0: completely it's totally in that vein as like a person that doesn't really enjoy the genre. <laughs> I just wrote down tasteful post hardcore.
3: I wouldn't even say post. I think it's melodic hardcore. Like post hardcore to me is more like Fugazi, quicksand, kind of like more like slower no, tempo. Now
2: we're um, now we're waiting into embrace gate territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is a
3: hardcore band, so they're not post hardcore. That's called alternative music. Alternative <laughs> music, but yeah, post hardcore is and alternative. It's very yeah. It's a lot closer <laughs> to that than than melodic hardcore.
0: <coughs> That's what's up. Uh, all right my choice is or dan we gotta go to you yeah sure or you can go
1: now if you want and i can go i can end it all right i'm
0: all right i'm taking a never-ending game i knew Uh, you were (laughs) dude it's like the recording sounds so big i wonder if it was done in the same like session as the last lp or something because i bet it was it sounds super professional what's that
2: Maybe they did it with that. Or in the newer,
0: like, yeah, that newer seven or she did. Yeah. Like the recording just sounds great. And a band like this, like they got to come with it, right? Like they're one of the best modern hardcore bands, in my opinion, just playing that real hard style without like going over the line and being like a metal tinged hardcore band. Ben, when you listen to this, you still think it sounds metal though, right?
3: Yeah. It's like metal core, metallic hardcore, whatever you want to call it. Like, Yeah, but
0: it's not the like, okay. so to my ears, I can like this is like as far as you can go without it sounding metal because they do like a lot of the big chug stuff. But like they're not down tuning at least to an egregious degree, maybe a half step. And they're not like going overboard with like distortion or anything. It's just they're hitting like hard rhythms and palm muting the stuff. Um, I just absolutely love it, you know, from bounce like they're hitting the bounce tempo into chug tempos there is a tasteful lead on this like the singing sounds catchy um again i can't find the lyrics so i don't really know what he's saying but uh sounds like he's holding it down who knows (laughs) but uh yeah i don't know i love this song it's a total standout on the record it 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 sounds to me like the best song on the record so uh that's that what do you guys think
2: i think it's cool i think uh the The first minute of the song you're like all right this is this is another banger from from NEG," and then it gets to the one minute mark and it just they they do something new and different i mean they do their their lp does a lot of new and different so i shouldn't say that but like when it gets to that singing part where i think he says it ends for you or something like that um it's it's so sick and then the other thing i like about this too is uh and the tsunami song does this too. On um, in the thirty-eight seconds that they give you, is they have these little harmonic flourishes where they're like, but it's just like a touch. Like if you turn the volume down for literally like down up, you could miss it. You know, it's just like a dash of salt to just make it even more tasty.
0: Yeah, I love it because like I used to like some of that harmonic shit from the nineties, but like if you wanted to hear it, you had to suffer through like a four-minute song with a bad recording. You know? And a
2: piccolo snare.
0: Yeah, like there was so much misery to get to like one cool guitar part. And so like it's rad that you have these these bands where I actually like their songs, like plucking out this one thing that I used to love in the 90s in spite of everything else. It's pr- super rad. Dan, what do you think about this?
1: I think it's great. Um he comes in very uh killing time, mad ball attack, like vocally. bop you know it but it's more metallic than both of those bands behind it but it's still hardcore it's not metal at all especially because of the way that the song is going with the like you say the bounce the almost like district nine-ness
0: of it I don't think um, any more metal than killing time.
1: No, exactly. That's what I was going to uh, that was going to was going to rebuff Ben saying like it's metallic
3: but saying well then so's killing time, you know, which it isn't. Well, No, what well, I would well I would say killing time is, but we'll get to that. <laughs> so, um the and
1: then, you know, Chris described where the song goes from here uh, really well. But I got to say um it's a it's a really good song and it it definitely stands out in the quality of the recording and also this is a band that has garnered you know a ton of attention um over the pandemic like people turning other people on to listen to them and all that and i think you know when submitting to a comp like this you're like well we got we've we've got to stamp our name on it you know and i think they did
0: yeah, I mean, like they—they know they're one of the heavy hitters that's going to be on this record, and they're like, we're not going to like get sunned by like a bunch of bands. Like, we're going to put one of the best tracks on here. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: It, it's not one of my very favorites because there's just so much on this, but I, but at the same time, I like it a lot. <laughs> so that's the quality of this double LP, you know, reunited double LP, world excited.
0: I just want to say, like, that singing part is, like, so dangerously close to the stuff I hate the most in the world. Yeah. But it doesn't get all the way there, and I hope they don't go there. Like, it's kind of terrifying. Like, I hope they don't fall off that cliff, because, dude, ugh. Like, singing over heavy music is literally, like, the worst music in the world. Stripper metal? Yeah, like, I don't like strip club metal, dude, so stop it, you know?
3: You don't like like Black Sabbath? Come on. And we
0: we have this texting conversation. (laughs) Don't try to get cute. Don't try to get cute. Modern, like, modern heavy recordings are not like Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. He's talking
1: Deftones, Deftones reference points.
0: That kind of, yeah, Deftones being, like, the impetus of it, right? Like, we we have this whole conversation, the tools and the deftones and all that stuff and then all the terribleness that it spawned
1: well because all that stuff is very popular in lots of metallic chops having hardcore bands right so it's sometimes inevitable that some of that stuff's going to creep in and yeah if it goes on you know like you say this part's teetering on the edge if it goes a little bit further it, it it could be disaster. This is we've Dude, also I'm-
3: reached we reached the uh phase in music history where there are people in their late 20s, maybe even mid 20s to mid 30s who grew up on new metal and to them new metal there's no there's no stink on it to them. Like that's what they were listening to when they first got into music. So they have only have fond memories of like Limp Bizkit. And so well, when they get into the hardcore <laughs> scene, they start incorporating like that kind of stuff in with hardcore and they're like yeah awesome like there's no like to us we're we're, we're you know in our 40s and we're like "Ooh, get that no, shit I, away from I, me
1: i would say some of those people at first you know were into it then got out of it and said oh this is awful and then now the nostalgia wave of it is coming back around where it's like you know, maybe there's some stuff there. You know, yeah. I, I think back fondly. I don't think anybody ever has rode for new metal from day dot to now.
3: <laughs> but well, they
1: what had it,
0: what? What I think it is is we. Okay, we already liked our own music when that stuff came out, right? So if you're a young kid, like you know, a ten year old or something, and Limp Bizkit's on TV or Corn or whoever, like that stuff sounds cool and edgy. And so you probably had the CDs, right, and listened to it a fair amount, which we never did, right? Like I, we don't know the deep cuts on like a Limp Bizkit CD, for sure. Period. We don't know that, right? But the people that like came up on that, even if they moved away from it, they kind of know like the ins and outs of all of that music. And look, any type of music that like is drawing at some point tens of thousands of people, there's something in there that is infectious right and we might not understand it it may not resonate with us but there's something in there and i do think that like people that have listened to like the whole cd's of all those terrible bands if they know it well enough they can pluck out the gold right oh, like yeah. you can pluck out a 20 second part from somewhere that that is not in my wheelhouse at all cuz i don't know song 9 on the third limp biscuit record
1: yeah, I I mean the, I'm going to pluck out that part that makes you want to break stuff.
0: Right, but again, you're going with like the the hot
1: track, right? No, I, like I'm just joking about the only one of the only reference points I know. No, it, I know. But I know, I, I, know. I agree with you. Yeah, the but like we say it's teetering on the edge.
0: For sure. Okay, Dan, let's go to you for uh your second and last one
2: apologies okay. to never ending game for that <laughs> side note, no, a huge
0: fan. I just hope it doesn't fall that way. like this sounds nice and tasteful, but totally. man, marshmallow on the stick, dude. don't want it to fall off into the fire, you know, Dan's favorite metaphor, and Dan, let's go to your second favorite song on the record,
1: okay, I'm going to list a few that were almost so um rest- restraining order. Vantage Point, Maniac, Bib, Dead Last, Dead Heat. Those are all standout quality tracks on here. No Right, also. And then oh, yeah. Citizen, who I was completely mocked in the group chat by everyone, because this is my first time hearing them, <laughs> when everyone else was saying, uh, this is one of the biggest bands around, you Dan's moron. like, have
2: you guys heard this little band called Citizen? <laughs> and, a underground band?
1: And you know what? Manchester City's nickname are The Citizens, so I really should be riding for them. Anyway, and that's out
0: to Rob Moran's love of the Citizens Arrest 7 inch.
1: Yeah, and Rob Moran's love of Manchester City. He loves them so much. Um, that song is so good, by the way. It sounds like British Invasion run through an ESG filter. But my choice is the fight. That song, um, by the fight on this, it's what is it? What do you think? Like a minute thirty, probably. It's called We Will Never Learn. It sounds like, here we go, saying sounds like things again, but I'm going to do it anyway. It sounds like um, D-beat, negative approach, oi. That's what this song sounds like. It's so fucking good. The recording is great for the sound of the music. It it It's perfect. Um, this song pops up near the later end of the comp, and just gives you all the energy you need. Um, The singing is amazing. Um, The lyrics are cool from what I could pick out. I haven't tried Googling them, but it's a, it's a, it's a fucking banger. What do you think?
0: Yeah. It sounds like the fight, you know, like that LP they put out bangs all the way through. I love it. And then this song comes out and it's like sick. It's a good fight song. Like they didn't submit a filler track to the LP, this song holds up. It could be on the LP, and it's great output. It's a it's a band that has no whiffs. Everything they've done has been fucking awesome. When and you they've t- found, they they've found their own like special lane.
1: I was gonna say is that when you saw them at the Dead Heat show in uh, Oxnard, how were they live? They were
0: awesome. They were awesome. But also every band was great that night, and it was like first show back for me. So you could have been on stage like totally ranking it and like i probably would have thought you sounded awesome because live hardcore music is the best in the world you know and uh but that's not to take anything away from them they were great uh they were awesome so you 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 haven't seen them yet dan
1: no no i really want to though what did you two think of this uh ben and chris
2: i think Uh, it's cool it's uh to answer dan's question it's 57 seconds oh wow Um, but yeah i mean Zach said exactly what I was thinking. Like this is a, this is a song from the fight, and they're a great band, and it's a great song.
1: Uh, props to Chris because he introduced me to the fight.
2: <laughs> like every good band,
0: it came from Chris. Yeah, you know, Chris gives us all the good stuff, and Ben just goes through the no echo list and says, I, "All this stuff is terrible."
3: <laughs> I tried so hard to find good stuff going through that playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I'll that's find it we so. gotta
0: rely we gotta rely on Chris. All right we Ben you got it. anything on this or should we move on?
3: I just have this to say no i I thought this was okay I, I I'm not a fan of the vocal style. It's weird, man. when I was younger, I didn't vocals didn't make or break a band for me and like I always thought that's what normal people who don't play instruments. that's how they hear music. like they only hear the vocals like it used to bo- and now I'm like turning into one of those people who's like,
1: the scene. Do you think? These vocals rule.
2: Did what? What were you saying, uh, Chris? I was going to say, do you think that is because with streaming now you can move on so fast, but like when you buy a CD, like you can't move on. You have to like, okay. Like for years, I didn't like the vocals on Break Down the Walls. Like I just kind of listened to it because it was rad hardcore. And then like one day it just clicked and I was like, These vocals are amazing. I can't believe I never that I didn't like them.
3: Yeah, it's like
0: there's no no buy-in now. If Ben got the CD when he was 17, even if he didn't like it, he would learn to like it.
3: Yep. Or I would try very hard to like it, and and I probably would. I mean, because it's still good. I just don't that vocal style where it sounds like it's recorded in a cave, like a very far away cave. (laughs) No, it's like a it's a recording style. You know, it's it's really common. For sure, but if you got this when you were seventeen, you would be like this fucking rules. But now that you're an old fart, you're like, I
1: need those clean vocals. Well, (laughs) I don't
3: need clean vocals, but I'm saying there's a whole they're like entire segments of hardcore where they're going for a sound that I just that just never clicked with me.
1: I know. I'm just pulling you. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: If it doesn't sound eighty-one to eighty-seven DC influence, yeah, (laughs) bends
3: out. Oh man, Uh, I'm all about LA too and OC. Come on. True,
2: That's true, it. true. <laughs> yep. One more thing just on this comp as a whole. Like, how sick it is is it that Triple B has done five of these? And like, you know, it's such a staple in, in hardcore, you know, every few years these these volumes coming out. And you know, they always do such a good job of mixing in like a blend of known and established bands, like the hyped bands and as well as like some of the smaller up and coming bands. So it's just such a cool thing to have like this collection of, you know, people will go there. You know, I think Zach touched on this, like people will go there for the bands that they're familiar with and, and come away saying, Oh, this track is super cool. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to vibe with this band. And so just shout out to triple B for doing this. Yeah.
1: Maximum respect because you know what? In this, we we talk about it all the time in this Spotify, Apple Music world where you can skip, you can move on, you can check something out for a day, you can not be into it, whatever. To do these things, and they are literal photo albums, but musically, <laughs> so they're not literal at all. Uh, but I'm saying this is a snapshot of what hardcore is in 2020, 2021. You know, in America. Yeah, shout out
0: to Triple B for uh, turning Dan on to obscure bands like Citizen. (laughs) (laughs) The fight lasts for hours, each ram battering the other dozens of times. Head to head. All right, we're going head to head and we're putting two of the greatest hardcore demos ever against each other. That means we're putting the breakdown 1987 demo up against the raw deal demo. Good God, man, two of the greatest pieces of hardcore ever. Chris, what's your take on this?
2: Ah, uh, <laughs> you're going to kick it to me after that. Um, Alright, I usually keep this to myself a little bit, um, but I'm going to out myself here uh, and open myself to Merciless Ridicule. Um, I'm not a huge Breakdown fan. Like, I think they're good. Don't get me wrong. I recognize their importance. Kickback, Sick People, undeniably great songs. There's something about this recording that just isn't as biting as I wish it, w- as, uh, as I wish it was. So, like anytime I try to come back to it, usually I'll hit those two tracks and then eventually switch to something else. Frankly, um, you know, I may be, I'm probably more likely to listen to slumlords actually, which I love, uh, which is the singer of this bands, uh, band in the early two thousands. But all that said, like, this is a totally important band. Um, you know, these tracks are crucial, particularly those two I mentioned. Um, and, Frankly, the Tompkins Square Park live video from 88 should be required viewing for any hardcore kid. Uh, If you haven't seen that, go check it out after you listen to this podcast. So I'm going to take the Raw Deal demo. Uh, I think on the other hand, you know, the the recording on this isn't that much better, um, but the vocals do come off a little bit more present, I think, on that. And I think the other thing that helps this demo out for me is that You know, I got into Raw Deal through Killing Time. And so Brightside was there as a reference point for me when I was younger. So it was easier, you know, to come in with that familiarity. You know, I already love Killing Time. So I'm going to love Raw Deal because it's basically just those Killing Time songs, but a little dirtier, a little bit nastier. Every song on this uh, Raw Deal demo is a banger. Wall of Hate, Telltale. New release, Only the Strong Only the Strong Survive, My Reason, No More Mr. Nice Guy. In you know, outside outside of uh, you know, the lines are drawn, all these songs became killing time staples. Um and, and that track listing is kind of just a murderer's row of of just bangers. So I'm taking the raw deal demo.
0: Yeah, Chris, you mentioned uh the two breakdown songs that are your go-tos and actually sick people is on the rev comp, uh, the way it is. And then the kickback is on where the wild things are. So you could lose the, uh, the breakdown demo and still have your two favorite songs. So what's up with that?
2: Pretty yeah. Sick. And weirdly, uh, the, uh, sorry, what was the first comp? Uh, the way it is, the way it is. I always listen to that Sunday matinee. Uh, that was my go-to instead of the way it is. So, uh, yeah, anyways. Well, right on. Um, yeah, this is impossible because these
0: are probably the two best hardcore demos ever, I think. Like to explain breakdown sound is really hard to do, especially because Sick People is like an all-time classic song and it is kind of an outlier track. It's like a song where they don't go into the, like their slow, fast beat, which is so break down to the core. Like kind of like kind of how slapshot like does a fast beat but it's not so fast. It's like I don't know, it's like a fast street punk beat that's almost like soaked in like that UK82 but like this is undeniably New York hardcore and it is so catchy. Like his vocal hooks are so catchy and the lyrics are cool and witty. I love it. It's one of the greatest things ever. I agree with Chris on our recording and that ties into how I feel about like the raw deal and the killing time. Um, I'm going to lose the raw deal because I have killing time and I love the upgraded recording. Bright side is one of the best LPs ever musically recording cover art, everything about it. It's like definitely top 10 hardcore record. Lots it of It is. Denim. What's that?
1: Lots of denim.
0: Lots of denim. Um, it's super, super good. And perfect, and so I can lose a raw deal. But it's insane, like, this raw deal demo. Like, some of the songs that they're writing here is like, what? You know, like, the fact that they're doing, you know, a song like New Deal, like, that goes so, like, emotional but being hard at the same time. Like, you know, you have, like, the little guitar leads, Like, whoa, how are you like tapping into this on a demo? Like you guys are straight up like, it's like idiot savants, right? Like what, what are you channeling here to write this like amazing music? And then it just rules that they were able to get like the recording that channel it all. I'm going good recordings over like the more raw stuff. You know, the other example would be, do you like the Chromex tape or do you like Age of Quarrel? I'm Age of Quarrel all day, even though like there's lots of people out there that ride for the tape. You know what I mean? Where it's just, do you want it more raw? Do you want it more produced? I'm going more produced because 80s production, when it's good, like it doesn't lose the energy. Like nowadays, you might have that argument of, are we going for produced? Or are we going for energy? It might be like a, a choice of one or the other. But like in 89, like that's not really a thing, you know? So Brightside doesn't lose the energy. It's like absolutely perfect. I do wish that Breakdown had the same like fortune of like, cause there's enough songs here. Like the breakdown demo could have been NLP. It's like one of those great tragedies, right? Like what if that first weirdo seven inch like had, you know, like what if in that recording they did eight songs instead of two, you know, what if like we got another inside out inside out seven inch, you know? And like, what if breakdown went in and recorded like the way that like judge did and killing time did, and got these songs like laid down, like in that professional manner. Like we might have been looking at like, not just like one of the greatest New York hardcore or hardcore demos ever, but looking at one of the greatest hardcore LPs of all time. I don't know. Um, but I'm going to lose the raw deal because these killing time song, uh, excuse me, these uh, breakdown songs are only here where the raw deal songs get redone on the, uh, the bright side LP. Dan, what's your take?
1: Well, well, i love both of them um breakdown like you were trying to say like what how could you just say what breakdown sounds like imagine just smashing walls down with a sledgehammer (laughs) like that's a visual representation of the way breakdown sounds it's just hard visceral and like working class you know it's like
2: caveman music yeah it's
1: it's so sick um, sick people duh. everyone knows it it's a standout on the way it is and that's amongst some of the best hardcore songs ever so you know and then kickback fucking standout on the other great comp but labelled I love the vocal cadence on the verse like the backups are crazy the breakdown rules it's so sick safe in a crowd I love that I'm right <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> and it's such a surly snake mosh <laughs> like it's almost like you winding it's so good and i love the one two three go when it it hammers in hard uh life of bullshit so new york hardcore it's like the blueprint of what would become it has almost like a groovy oi aspect to it and the base on the breakdown demo is absolutely mental it's like when it's in the music while everything's playing, it sounds foreign and almost like not great over the music, like the bass parts. But then when any of the bass parts are where the bass is by itself, it sounds amazing. And I don't know why that is, why the bass sound against the guitars sounds not so great and like it's popping and, standing out in a not great way but when it's by itself it sounds amazing listen to it again and then tell me if i'm crazy now raw deal i mean these are some of the best hardcore songs ever you know um the recording is infinitely better than the breakdown recording um wall of hate what an upbeat mosh uh, and I love that, like the upbeat mosh part as it's coming, but the snare hits going into it, like the da da da, da, da It's so cool. Um, Telltale, one of the OG hard as fuck stabbed in the back songs, you know? It's just the, uh, w- we talk about blueprints of the NYHC sound. That's a blueprint of an NYHC uh, lyrical trope stabbed in the back stuff. Um, New release is like, it's one of the embryos of, of the yo mosh to come. Now we're getting to my favorite song. Only the strong survive. Uh the opening riff is absolutely amazing. It's possibly the best song on either of the demos. And that's going up against sick people. Uh kickback, you know. It has such a like um like a last resort vibe to it. I really love that song. Uh, My reason is one of those blueprints for bands later on, like Built to Last and Powerhouse. It's that kind of hardcore that would be played 10 years later um, by those bands that want to get to, you know, obviously Sick of It All is still a huge influence there as well, but it's the bands that want to play music like this. You know these are the reference points, and then no more Mr. Nice Guy. I feel fuels what floor punch sounds like later on. You know, like a lot of the floor punch sound. Um, Lots of people always say, "Oh, floor punch sounds like," you know, Youth Crew and like Chromags. No, it fucking sounds like no more Mr. Nice Guy by Raw Deal a lot. Um, I'm gonna have to pick between the two, which is obviously we do these because the things are like a dead heat. Like you can hardly pick between the two uh, things, but I'm going to have to go raw deal just because by the ninth song of listening to the breakdown demo, it's gotten a little bit samey by the time of listening to like the seventh or eighth, uh, seventh song of the raw deal demo, all the songs even though they're the same band, there's difference there, a lot more variety. And, um, I I mean, I absolutely love the, sh- like, Chris taps in and, and does the short, sharp shock of, like, two or three breakdown songs and gets his fix. I can understand that because um, when you put them side by side and you listen to the entire things, um, Raw Deal's variety puts it over the top for me. Uh, I mean, they're they're both perfect hardcore demos. We've we stated that, but I'm going raw deal.
0: Yeah, raw yeah, raw deals track. Uh, both these are insane, right? Like when it comes to something where it's like, okay, I'm putting up something great, like a nine or a ten versus some of this a nine or a ten. We've talked before that maybe like you just go into like what the standout tracks are, and it's hard because. Rod Deal is like, oh, what's the standout track? All of them. You know? Like, and Breakdown's close too. I mean, like, can I live in a world without vengeance? I don't know. Fucked with my friend and now you're going to pay. Like, oh, what? It's like one of those songs where it hits and like you're slamming. You know, like if I put it on, like I might do like half a circle in my living room, you know, (laughs) before I catch myself. Look out, Muldoon. (laughs) I know. Watch out, Muldoon. He's like, you're an adult. Chill, dude. You know? Also, give me some treats. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Uh, Ben, what's your take?
3: Um, I'm going to echo what Dan and Chris said about um, Raw Deal kind of being a a, a cut above Breakdown musically. And, I mean, I don't know if this is, like, completely common knowledge and it doesn't even need to be said, but this is basically the same band. I mean, uh, the Breakdown 87 demo comes out in 87, uh, rich anthony and carl uh bass player drummer and one of the guitarists part ways and then start uh killing time i'm sorry start raw deal so that raw deal demos 88 so it's the it's kind of like basically the same band at the ne- one year later and they have musically progressed because they've been playing with each other for that much longer um and i think that the Raw Deal singer is uh, is better than the Breakdown singer. So they're basically singing in that same gruff, tough way. But one guy is just better at it. And um, the guitar is a little harder to hear on the Raw Deal demo, but not to the point where it, it, anything gets ruined from that. Um, and then I have, going back to Breakdown, I have a soft spot for Sick People um, because it's on that rev comp, the way it is, and I listened to that like a million times when I was fourteen, and I actually don't think it's a good song, but like i I have a soft spot for it from having listened to it a billion times, like you know when your heart likes something and your brain is like, nah, that's not good like that's what that song's like for me, although maybe my heart is correct and my brain is wrong, and it actually is a good song i'm I'm open minded uh, your heart so, is
1: correct, and my heart is correct.
3: We need to get the brain eaters back on you. Get rid of that brain. Yeah, throw the brain in the trash. This isn't brain music. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, that's like one of the... Yeah, what is that, Ben? It's like, I listen to something a million times and I love it. It's not good. Like, what? You're thinking (laughs) too much, man. Jump on the grenade.
3: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, And I think I, I said this before on the podcast that I think that the Breakdown 87 demo is actually the most influential recording in the history of hardcore music because these demos, well, both of these demos, Breakdown 87 being the first one, are like the tipping point of mosh parts taking precedence over fast parts in hardcore songs. You know, it's like, imagine like a cake and you have the cake itself is the fast parts and then the mosh parts are the frosting. Like, oh, put some frosting on this. This will make it taste even better. And then like, as the years go by, a bunch of kids are like, oh, f- the frosting actually tastes better than the cake. So there ends up being like more frosting than actual cake at this point. And then by the 90s, you just have kids eating buckets of frosting and there's no cake for miles. Like, okay, does that make sense off. to you? No.
0: I think that it's a decent metaphor, but I don't think that applies to breakdown because the heart and soul of this demo is still like that slow, fast beat. Do da do do dat do do dat do dat do dat do dat do da do Like they're that's the beat. They're rolling there in like almost every song except for six people. Well that
3: that metaphor did not include a marshmallow, so uh I don't know. That's true. Yeah, I should have talked about marshmallows more. But this is the part this is the tipping point. This is where the scale tips, right? You have you have like I didn't sit down and measure like the fucking amount of time that the breakdowns had to the fast beats, but boy, is it like, it seems like it's around 50%. It's like getting there. Like, well, this is, yeah, fat-
0: I, yeah, but I think, I think that you're okay. I think if you compare this against like even victim in pain or like any youth of the day, like yeah. both those bands have breakdowns in like every single song.
3: Oh yeah, you know? Definitely but this right. like to me breakdown sounds like a breakdown like <laughs> the whole thing but-, but you're missing that
0: fast beat it's just giving you a different feel like you're factually incorrect i think well but- i
3: i
1: think i think both both are correct like yes there's tons of tons of stuff that are doing breakdowns that are in, just as much influential but i also do agree that this is one of the most influential hardcore demos for aggressive mosh sounds to come.
3: Yeah, okay. I mean you don't get the never-ending game song on the America's Hardcore 5 comp without this happening, you know, 30 whatever, 5, 34 years before it.
0: Without Sick People one song out of nine songs you know, so Ben, let's let's do that for the next podcast let's uh, take whatever, we got nine songs here on the, uh, the breakdown demo, I believe mm. and we'll do the first nine songs off uh, we're on this alone. Or or yeah. just choosing the day we'll do it. And compare the two, the fast to slow
3: ratio. Right. Okay. Yeah. And and I'm then interested. one more thing about Raw Deal is that song No More Mr. Nice Guy is like a catchy mid tempo regular ass punk song, but with a rapidy beat under it. You know, it's like dude did like do you have that rapidy beat, like the hip hop kind of sounding vibe? Yep. Yep. That we that we were able actually actually you were able Zach to trace back to a song by Urban Waste from eighty two yeah. like yeah
0: I can't remember what song but like in, one of those ignorance Urban Waste songs. or something it's a it has a word yeah. ignorance in it right but, which is but, <laughs> <laughs> the irony right
3: right yeah. no, or no it's just it's not ironic it's like perfect it's the opposite of irony it's like the most fitting name for a song like that but listen up like, dude I go by the
0: Alanis Morissette version of irony
3: uh, right okay <laughs> but. It's funny if you took, if you just had a regular kind of mid-tempo punk beat underneath that song, it would just be like a regular, like almost like a street punk song, you know, but it's got that New York kind of thing happening. And um, so my, my final answer is the raw deal demo is better than the breakdown demo. All right. So Dan, what'd you take? Three to one. Raw deal
0: wins three to one. Hey, what can you do? Thanks. these both rule everyone check it out we'll put a uh, choice cuts on the playlist 185 miles click that playlist link and uh check out all the music that we talked about on this episode and we love you all we will talk to you next week